Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. <laughs> We've been recording for the past 15 seconds, by the way. Really? <laughs> yes. Sweet. <laughs> I did it on purpose. I think we're figuring. Tell you. I think we're figuring out uh, <laughs> where the sound problems are coming from. Yeah, sounds better now. <sighs> so my uh, spirituality, your guy, uh, formator, Father Hellstrom, said yes. that I make high pitched noises in my room sometimes <laughs> for up to thirty minutes. So now you can see where it comes That's from. That's one of my favorite stories. It's doing it again. It's driving me crazy. Is it? Driving me crazy. I don't hear it. Well, we kind of listened to the... Yeah, it is. You're right. We listened to the other one, and I don't think you guys can hear the same thing we're hearing. So, your loss, because it's... Folks, welcome to the B edition of Catholic <laughs> Stuff You Should Know. Apparently, we don't know exactly what we're doing over we're here. We're hearing reverb and delayed reverb. sound and everything else on our end. So, I hope you're not hearing that. But it, if it makes me talk slower, then it's probably a gift from our Lord. Whatever. Catholic no. Stuff Podcast. Wow. You're listening to it. Get over it. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. Father Nathan's in a booth. I'm not right embarrassed. Now. I just, I don't understand. It's as soon as I said, as soon as I said we were having trouble with the audio quality, yeah. then it went down. Remember? Must be something. Because it wasn't like this when we started. So anyway. <sighs> we need to have the equipment blessed and exercised maybe. No, we just need to have... We just need to have somebody come and look at it again. Okay. Where have you gone, Greg Willits? <laughs> Our podcast turns its lonely eyes to you. Woo, woo, woo. Whatever. All right. I'm not, I'm not annoyed. I'm just disappointed. There's annoyance in your voice. It's fine. It's fine. I'm... <laughs> I'm just gonna take off my headphones because I'm not even gonna uh, deal with. I'm not even gonna deal with this. Well, now this is your topic, so I can just listen and enjoy. Yep. Peppers. All right. So I, I need prayers. Oh, this one's gonna come out long after I run it, but I'm running the Boulder Boulder on Monday. What? And I have it's a 10k. I have not jogged in four years. Yogged. You haven't jogged. I haven't jogged in four years. And I'm going to try to run a 10K and my parishioners. So I'm wearing a T-shirt that makes me out to be the shepherd. They're wearing T-shirts that look like sheep. So I'm the shepherd of my flock, my right. parishioners. So I guess that means I'm supposed to lead them through the finish line. Like, I, I have no doubt I'll finish the 10K, but I seriously believe they're going to enter it before me. I'm just... I'm the kind of shepherd that rides on a four-wheeler. <laughs> And just yells at the sheep. Okay, what, uh, that's a good idea. What uh, what possessed you to do this? My, they Who asked. I'm a I'm a pushover. My Teresa Grandin, Perla Hoskins. Thank you we for my banana bread, by the way. Sam Clayman. Oh, I, I took it to the companions for our Thursday gathering uh, as a treat. And then nobody showed up for our Thursday gathering. What? And so I decided to bring it back, and I totally forgot about it for a couple of days. And then I opened up the cooler, and I was like, oh, yeah, I threw that banana bread in there. Uh, what Thursday gathering? Did I miss lunch this past Thursday? Oh. 
Yeah, the one they showed up for like 20 minutes of. You didn't tell me it was bread. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's my fault. Whatever. You, you told me to leave. Well, everybody had stuff to do. Yeah. Father Greg Peterson was experiencing severe weather in Windsor. There was apparently like tsunamis or something. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's fine. It was all right. I I wasn't expecting a lot of people. Guys were getting reacclimated after, you know, like Easter and whatever else. Do I get any credit for showing up even late? You did. Staying you were, for you were about few. three and a half minutes. You drank, and being you told drank to my leave. hot cocoa. I had your thank you. you drank I my hot cocoa. That. Folks, there's this new uh, Swiss Miss called uh, Marshmallow Madness, I think. Uh, don't sue us, Swiss Miss. Um, but um, it comes in two packets. One is the cocoa, okay. and the other whole packet is just marshmallows. Wow. Which, like, I don't know if you're like me, but back in the day, you mix two packets together okay. so that you could have, like, one real hot chocolate okay. because, like, that wasn't enough. Um, but now I'm like, what if I just took one packet of cocoa and two things of marshmallow? Hmm. Or you could use your real marshmallows instead of the tiny ones that come with it and have real hot Those kind of taste good, though. They, Do they? I, think so. I, I I had yours, and I liked it. And actually, one of my parishioners gave me homemade hot chocolate, mm. and I still have some left. Antoinette Golish made, gave it to me for Christmas, and I still have some left. I will give you some next time we hang out. Nice. See, he's trying to butter me up with chocolate. It's working. You know what? I actually thought it was ironic. While we were recording the last podcast on Fatima, I realized that I talked about food, and you did not. What did you talk about? Remember the uh, the beauty of food that uh, yeah yeah and it was like how food is is that was a long quote it, I nutrition. thought it was really good yeah I thought it was too but it was like it was food is nutrition secondarily primarily it's a foreshadowing of the eternal banquet and just tastes good out of the goodness of our Lord yeah it was a long quote yeah so, anyway it was a good one though it was worth it I thought yeah um. Hot chocolate. I can't remember what we're talking about. Anyways, here we are. Yeah, here we are. Welcome back. Um, I have a weird topic at hand. I got kind of something something brewing, oh. so it's not fully digested. So you're gonna get like the. These the, are some of the best podcasts when we just like, what the heck are we doing free today? Form. Let's just talk it out. Okay. We have way too many listeners for the effort we put into these podcasts, by the way. Shh. They don't know. <laughs> they don't know. Um, all right. So when did you have your conversion? Uh, I never really had a conversion. I had amazing parents. He actually hasn't had a conversion, folks. If you could pray for him, he's, <laughs> he's a wicked sinner. What do you mean by that? Because, I mean, I I never doubted God's existence because I'm afraid if I ever had, I would have stayed that way. Hmm. So God, like, spoon-fed me his love. Did you ever come a to a point where you realized that you were different from other people because you had come to the knowledge of God? Yes. What I remember being in kindergarten and seeing a dollar bill sticking out of the kid's pocket in front of me in line and thinking if I did not believe in Jesus Christ, I would totally take that dollar bill right now. And I was the kid that took the dollar bill (laughs) because I was Roman. (laughs) 
<laughs> you Romans. Uh, yeah. Um, like, were you... It, was there, like, a big Catholic community in Albuquerque? Uh, yeah. I mean, we had our parish. It was big. It's a big Hispanic population, which tend to be Catholic. Did you guys... I mean, your parents went to Mass every Sunday. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Daily were, Mass. Were there other kids, like, that you knew in school who were Catholic who didn't really who didn't really go? Yes, certainly. And then, like, did you think you were pretty B.A.? Like pretty um, you know, like I'm I'm on board because I because I'm you know I'm going. I, I want to be honest, but it sounds arrogant. I I really wasn't. I was okay. That's why I had a conversion and he didn't. Okay. okay? <laughs> um. The uh. So like uh, there was a point where I realized okay we're the we're the kind of Christians kind of Catholics that go every single week. Okay. Right? And then there were other people that didn't. Okay. And. Uh, we will just call them the Goyim, okay? The nations. <laughs> the others. <laughs> the others. Uh, and there was a part of me that was, like, really jealous uh, that they that they didn't have to go. Hmm. Like, that they, they got to choose whatever. Uh, but then at some point, like, I acknowledged the goodness of it. And it's good to, you know, go, you know, not only to Mass, but, like, to be practicing of some yeah. sort. Um, and then... Uh, did you have an experience where you went, cause you first were at Thomas Aquinas. Yes. Uh, and then you were around a lot of people who, who lived the faith. Yes. Like intensely. Yeah. Um, and was there like an eagerness to get there? Because it was like, okay, then I'll actually experience something of, of community and. An eagerness to get to college. Yeah. No. Or Steubenville. Like when you were there. Yeah. No, I, I had a really, I had a really, my friend is Lutheran, my friend was Lutheran growing up, but, but he was, we, we had a, we certainly encouraged each other towards the faith in an odd way. We got in a lot of trouble, but we certainly called, uh, actually what happened was when I got to Steubenville, I realized that the kids had, that had grown up going to Catholic school, I realized how much more about the faith they knew hmm. than I did. I had the heart, but they had the is head. TAC? No, this is at Steubenville. Oh, okay. Yeah. At TAC, I, I really, I mean, it was just TAC was such a kind of a polarized group uh-huh. um, that uh, Steubenville was, was kind of Steubenville. I realized I, I love our Lord immensely, but I don't know as much about him as kids that went to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of had this moment of, I wish I hadn't gone to public school or rather gone to Catholic school. It was, it was fleeting. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I went to public school now, but for the time I was kind of jealous. Hmm. Um, for me, the, like I was always looking for some kind of like deeper Catholic community because our, our town, all those, like, you know, we had a pretty involved parish for that size of town. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of Catholic community, Okay, maybe for the adults, but not really for the kids. Like we didn't have a vibrant youth group or anything like that. So like the first real Catholic community that I lived in was at university of Illinois. Uh, um, and you're like, great. I was like, great. I'm finally going to get there and it's going to be like amazing. And yeah. it's amazing for like the first, I don't know, few months. And then you realize, um, I'm, this isn't as good as I thought. And why is that? Yeah. Or people who say that they're intense Catholics kind of live the same way. And it wasn't very long before, like, I started to do the exact same thing, to live the exact same life, to 
you know, to kind of pick and choose in terms of the faith. Um, and then there were other communities like Focus where, you know, it's like, okay, now I'll be with, now I'll be with more intense Catholics. I see. And they'll hold me to a higher standard or whatever. And then it's like, well, they're not living it and I'm not living it. Yeah. So maybe that's not, so I guess I need to go to the next place. And I mean, the next place the Lord led me was, was seminary. And it's like, okay, these are guys that are <laughs> super sold out. They're yeah. going to be the ones that it's like, all right, they're going to teach me how to live. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, and so there, there's always, um, enchantment and then disenchantment. Yeah. Um, and, and then the the next stage of that is enchantment again. Um, but I think that a lot of people are looking for something in the faith that when they don't find it, they become really upset. Yeah. Because it's like, I thought you were supposed to be the ones that like were, were secretly loving one another and caring for one another and serving one another. And then they realize, like, you guys don't get along either. Yeah. It's like people who want to work for the archdiocese. It's like <laughs> they yeah. go to work there thinking that or this is going to be. Yeah. Or exactly. Or a parish. Thinking this is going to be a Christian wonderland where everybody loves each other, or sacrifice each other. Right. <laughs> Poor behind these people. Or, or our community. You know, it, it's, I, I love it because it's a little bit rebellious. But, you know, there, there's. Yeah, absolutely. We always think that the we're going to go into a situation where that community is going to make us better we're not necessarily going to need to be part of the process of getting better. We're just going to be receivers instead of mm -hmm. needing to be formators. So yeah. what was the, what was the first community that you became disenchanted with? Or actually, never mind. You went to Steubenville. You've never been disenchanted. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will withdraw my question. Um, <laughs> I actually, I take, I, okay, this is it. My, my, the first me that came being disenchanted with, but it was a totally positive thing. Uh -huh. I, I sound like such an a-hole right now, but like, well, I, I went home. I, so I failed out of my first year of college. I failed out of TAC. Uh -huh. I came home, did community college for a year, and I worked in a restaurant. And that restaurant, I, I made friends with all the employees because all my friends were smarter than me and were still off at college. I was home. So they, these group of friends were the first ones. I mean, they were all drug addicts, thieves. You know, it, it was it was a crazy community. Lechers. I mean, it was everything you can imagine. And I I loved it. Did a guy have a name tag that's just like <laughs> Letcher? <laughs> it, it was it was it was. But I I gained so much confidence. Like at TAC, I never would have what asked a girl out. Disenchanted with. I would. I was disenchanted with the fact that people could be so happy with a life that was so immoral. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. Yeah. Like and I, I saw them and I I wanted to love them and I wanted to be part of their community but I I could not imagine how they weren't attracted to the peace that comes with reliance on Christ. One my best friend at the time said, "You have Jesus, I have beer." Hmm. Like he saw the two as the same thing. He was a it was a raging alcoholic, yeah. but but he was he saw Jesus as just something as some sort of escape from the real world, and I I just I couldn't explain to him how this was a personal relationship that meant salvation rather than just some sort of an escape from a nightly escape from whatever troubled me. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like Marx, where he says that religion is the opiate of the people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I mean that's kind of what this guy naturally considered it. Video games or. Yeah. or or booze or something like that. Um, there's a way in which I think, especially when it comes to 
faith that someone from the outside might think it's it's going to be perfect it's going to be you know like the 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 community that i was looking for yeah um like i'm just thinking of um you know the wonder and astonishment that they have like when the the train pulls up at hogwarts mm. uh or like at the platform yeah. nine and three quarters yeah. um and so like they see magic like is real and then within pages or minutes all of a sudden you see that this community is fraught with yeah. division but then like there's the possibility of like real friendship you know yeah. like ron weasley and yeah. and uh harry share their first chocolate frog um <laughs> which is not a euphemism uh so uh i just know so then there are there are ways in which <laughs> i didn't mean anything like that come on dude <laughs> i actually thought that was a really good joke and then you just didn't say anything so i was like okay whatever we're moving on but then he like totally got it so that's cool sorry it took um, me a bit <laughs> the um so there so like okay i'll just make my confession right now i used to think i used to think that i had a spiritual gift that i could see other people's sins oh. I, I could see other people's faults and I could just tell them. I could just flat out like point it out and be like, actually, this is the reason why you're da 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 da. You know? One of the most hurtful things uh I think I've ever said was something that I spoke in truth. Huh. Um, like it was a true thing that I said to this person, but it was completely lacking in love. Oh. Um I had no I had no desire to help change that person. I had no desire to care for that person. I just wanted to tell them this is why you are this. Huh. And and then I think I think for them, like they they realized very quickly it was like, wow, that was that was really painful. Hmm. And you're not even caring for me. Um so I went to spiritual direction and I said to my spiritual director, Father Gronsky, I said, you know, I have this gift, you know, I can name other people's faults. And he said, that's, that's not a gift. Like I don't, that's not listed in, in St. Paul's list of, you know, charisms or whatever. He's like, to be able to see the good in people is actually a much greater gift yeah. because people can see their own faults. Yeah. I could, I could name, name you all of my faults and you could probably name all of my faults. Yeah. And then you could say your faults, but yeah. then if you actually considered what is the good that I'm accomplishing, hmm. who am I? I I don't know. That's I, beautiful. That's really hard. That's really hard to do. Yeah. And so I had to have like a mini conversion of, um, I've been looking at all these communities and saying, you know what's wrong with all this? It's that guy. It's it's this person who does this, and yeah. this person. And so there was a lot of. Uh, saying, if you will, like mm. in Spanish, that means complaining or mitching, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think that goes on a lot, uh, in communities, yeah. parishes, uh, priestly communities, um, even in my own priesthood, like I'll, I'll kind of say, this is what's wrong, you know? Uh, but what's going right. Yeah. What's good. I don't know why that's so difficult to relate. You know, it's it's really interesting because that like the first thought I have when you say that 
is that that's just like hokey and hippie and not real. Like it, it's, it's, you know, psychoanalyzing and it's, it's like high business where you just, you're trying to convince somebody of something. But I like the way Garonsky put it. It's not, it's like you're actually identifying a truth. You're not straying from the truth in order to make people feel good, which is like my first impression when you said that. But it's rather identifying the good that the person didn't see and that you didn't see. Like it is a gift to say, here's the good in you. I mean, that's one thing I, I mentioned in my last theology on tap. Like there's a beauty to, to when you're evangelizing, when you're, when you're interacting with people you don't know, to judge them less than they judge themselves. Like we judge ourselves very harshly and it's, it's the devil at work. It's not true. Yeah, he's the accuser. Yeah. He's the accuser. And so, so there's something about saying like, I, I want to identify in my relationship with you. I want to identify what I'm, what, what is true. And I know you judge yourself harshly, more harshly than you should. So I'm going to be the voice of reason in your life saying, here's why you are good and beautiful and, and true, you know? Yeah. And the best friends that I've had, were actually people that called me out on things and loved me. Yeah. So I don't want I don't want Barney. Right. You know, I don't want somebody that's just going to be like you're special. Right. Um yeah, I need to hear that from time but, to time. But, but it's true. Why are you quote special? I mean, that's a weird word, but any what why are it often takes community and somebody else to identify in us what we cannot see ourselves, where we are true and beauty and, you know, beautiful and good. The analogy that I had, and I, I saw this in, even in my own, even in my own family was when you form a Christian community, and this is from the earliest ages, you know, like, I mean, my, my experience of a broken Christian community and a graced Christian community happened like, from you know my youngest age because yeah. my parents got divorced mm. um and to be able to witness that um in my parents lives in my siblings lives and then also like in my um in my siblings marriages the analogy that i have is like we have all been like bitten by some kind of serpent and there's venom inside of us. Hmm. And the only way to draw out the venom is by accepting love. Yeah. And if one accepts love, then that what what is wounded within us begins to be drawn out and healed. Um, and if we can't accept love or refuse to accept love or never find a community where we can find that kind of love, then we just hold that venom inside of us. Yeah. And we'll look around and just see all of the, all of those who are infected all around us. Hmm. Uh, my sister, my brother, uh, my dad, my mom, like even, even my, even my real mom, like they've all been saved through, uh, for, through love. Yeah. And, and so, like, when we go to the church, it's like, okay, great. I know that I'm going to find the highest dosages of of healing love. And then there is a point where we say, it's not even here. But I think that's the first reaction, as with any Christian community, like, even family. It's like, well, we've got brokenness. We've got pain. We've got, you know, whatever sins. Uh, but there's there's something good here that n needs to be identified. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, so what do we do when we just find ourselves looking at Christian communities and just complaining, looking at the church, our parish, um, I don't know, this program. I have to say it. Okay. It's been two weeks or four weeks since our last podcast. I was not comfortable. I'm saying this publicly. I was not comfortable with a certain bashing of Exodus 90. Uh, because I think in Exodus 90, there was a desire to form a Christian community around like a, a, a common need. And it was like, well, it can go astray in this way and whatever. Yeah. So can priestly fraternity. So can mom's groups, you know, like, but what can we identify that's good in this community yeah. that they're trying to, to elevate? Like yeah. my brother's. Uh, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. So uh, he was he did Exodus ninety, and he's a better man for it. Yeah, he's a. I mean, he's been a better man than me for a while, but like he's he's better, far and away better right now because like he's actually achieved some kind of uh, discipline, self mastery, intensity, um, penance, whatever it might be. Hmm. So why is it that we just look at certain things and just say this is what's wrong? Yeah. Instead of identifying what's good. Yeah. I'm. I am the. I am the king of this. Hmm. You can attest to it. Father John can attest to it. Like I am uh, like a borderline. The glass is not half full or half empty. It's like, I don't even want any. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, th- I think there's something where we desire, and this is a good thing. We have built into us a desire to be receivers because we are we are we are receivers of god's love we are primarily receivers we we receive from someone bigger and better and more generous than us and i think what that the devil takes that reality a beautiful reality in us and he says you are primarily receiver for even your human relationships and human communities so we go in desiring to be spoon-fed by our communities we, we we go into community desiring to only be receivers and that's we have a much greater dignity than that we are receivers we're also givers and we also need to be part of the solution but i think if that can be untwisted every Everything evil, everything bad can be untwisted to reveal yes. its original beauty, its original goodness. And there's something about our we, – we, we walk into a community of, of people that call themselves Christians. We see their evil tendencies. We receive we, – we, we see the fact that they do what they do not want to do. We see their sin, and we say, you are failing me. You are failing me, and we don't consider our own part in that situation. And I think that that's – if that's untwisted, it can be so beautiful. We can be better receivers of God's love but also better contributors to our own Christian community and less critical of people's weakness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's why in the early church, every time you were baptized, whenever you were baptized, you got a cross. Every single person wore a cross around their neck. And it's like, you're calling me weak. Look what I have around my neck. I have a, the greatest symbol of weakness ever mm-hmm. around my neck. And this weakness was transformed into power and glory and, and, and salvation. You know, it's almost like if we all wore crosses around our necks and, and someone was like, you're such a weak person, 
And you're like, heck yeah, yeah, I am. You know, it's like I, I've been preparing for a podcast on the way the children act in church. You know, the one of the podcasts, like how to deal with, with children in church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I really think like when someone calls me in a passive aggressive way or in an aggressive aggressive way, you know, you're a bad priest. Acknowledged. Of course I am because I'm human and I'm trying to do eternal superhuman things being a human. Of course I'm a bad priest, you know, a, ba- a bad mother, a bad father. Of course, parents, they're trying to do something that, that, that lasts, that has eternal consequences. Of course we're all bad at it. Of course we're all weak at it. You know, why are we afraid of hearing that, that we're bad parents or bad priests? Well, I, I actually think we can be some of the most critical of others and critical of ourselves, but we're not actually interested in doing anything different either for ourselves or for the community. Yeah. It's like, well, they it's all just bad and you know, they're not they're not living it. But then you're like, hey, would you like to be part of the just you know, to do something about that? You know, I just I just got a lot going on right now. You know, I just can't do it, whatever. And it's like <laughs> this other person does this thing that annoys annoys me yeah and then it's like well would you like me to tell you what you're doing wrong that's annoying me and it's like you know all you do is judge me so we we're constantly like i don't know playing spiritual judo where we won't actually let someone uh embrace us or correct us yeah so we're just i don't know in we're not in relationship we're just kind of standing next to each other yeah and I don't know. I, I, I think the, that in my, in my own self, um, I've had to just begin to look at my own sinfulness and say, you know what? That's the problem. Like mother Teresa said, like, you know, what is wrong with the church today? And she's like me, people are like, you're not doing anything (laughs) wrong, you know? But like, if we began from that, not that like everything's wrong, but like, what can I control? What can I do? And then, you know, she expended herself and, and didn't worry about like, well, what is this sister doing? You know, like, is she pulling her weight? Are we going to become a successful religious order because this sister's not doing whatever? It's like, we will survive or fail based upon my sanctity. Yeah. And they have survived because of like, she far and away like did that. And, yeah. um, Anyways, I, I, um, I think that's I think that's important for us to realize because there is no perfect community on Earth. Like there will never be. Yeah. I was reading this book. Uh, I've had this for a while. Uh, it's a, a, a series of conferences uh, given to the Carthusians, hmm. um, and um, you know I just think they're like they're the best. Yeah. You know, next to the missionaries of charity, I'm like, well, it's pretty much the Carthusians. Right. Because, like, they are totally BA. I have no idea what they do, but it must be awesome. Um, And this priest, who is anonymous, they don't even reveal who gave these conferences, uh, had this to say. He said, "Um, To wish to come face to face with the light of God is deliberately to consent to expose all our faults and pettiness to the hard light of day. These first become apparent to others, and then as we come, become enlightened to ourselves. We first discover mediocrity in others and afterwards in ourselves. Hmm. And I'm like, 
if this is happening in the Carthusians, what do you think is going to happen in, like, you know, St. Joan of Arc right. or Holy Protection or the Companions of Christ or the Archdiocese of Denver or the church at large? It's like we're going to see all the problems out there and not in ourselves. Yeah. Um, but if we, if we find and commit to some kind of community together, a togetherness, whether as a diocese or as a church or as a priestly fraternity or as a parish— it's like then we can start to address the problems in ourselves, which are causing some of the problems in the community, instead of just pointing to these other issues and saying, actually, they're the problem. Yeah. Or this person's the problem. Yeah. The, the, I had uh, someone express vocally what I think we're all thinking, and they pretty much just said, Father, please assure me that these people that I'm frustrated with on a daily basis are not going to be in heaven with me. Ooh. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. and I thought, you know what? We all, like, as harsh as that sounds, yeah. we all kind of think that way in our minds. And I said to them, you know, one of my, the passages in the scriptures that, 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 that most aches me, that most eats at my heart, is that prostitutes and tax collectors will enter yep. heaven before us. Yep. And I think, like, I love real tax collectors and prostitutes but but there are people that i will be so ashamed and when i watch them entering heaven before me i will be so humbled and shamed and just riddled with guilt and i i love the fact that that's in the bible i love that every morning everybody i judge i have to say let me imagine this person entering heaven before me not only do i need to endure that but do i desire that Do I desire my enemy to enter heaven before me? I should. I really should. The, 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 the older brother of the prodigal son should have been right along with the father, running out to welcome his brother back in, leaving all jealousy aside. And that's why he, in the Bible, in the scripture passage, the older brother of the prodigal son does not do it because he, he's, he's like me. He's like everybody in that we, we, we see God's mercy in its fullness and we get jealous of it. It's not something we thank him for. We get jealous of it. And there the the greatest possibility of the salvation of my own soul and the salvation of those I love is is the overcoming of my own weakness to truly be vulnerable enough to let them see in me a weakness that is equal to theirs, greater than theirs, and can be salvific. That was one of my favorite songs from jars of clay like back in the 90s father brian larkin what's up back when they had a drum machine rather than a real drum oh really <laughs> that was my biggest frustration yes. their first cd you could so obviously dealt with a drum machine i'm like really? just i can play drums i could totally oh, be a drummer man. for your band <laughs> so yeah if that was the cd Arc. like uh that they have a song called see the art in me okay. you know yeah and i remember i remember like listening to that song and and welling with tears because i was like I don't even know. I don't think I even see my own art. Like in me, I hated myself in high school. Like I'll be perfectly honest. Mm. I hated myself uh, because I was constantly comparing. Mm. And then eventually I came to Christ and I started hating everyone else and not even (laughs) loving myself. You know, it was years later before I even started to say, you know what? There's art in other people too. Yeah. And there's art in me. So um, that message that you said I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but like I had a meditation on my 30 day where God asked me 
would you be happy if you became a priest? I'm like, yeah. He goes, would you be happy if your arch enemy from high school became a priest? And I'd be like, I would allow it. And he's, (laughs) what if he became a better priest than you? Uh, What if he was a holier priest? What if he was a saint and you were still a priest? And I'm like, no. Like, I actually, it took me a long time to actually get him to say, fine, he can be a priest, but a crappy one, you know? And I'll uh, allow that. I'll allow that. And it's like, um, I I totally agree with that, that if if we're so consumed with competition and rivalry and ambition and, you know, who's ranked above whoever, it's like, you will not win. And yeah. even in monasteries, even in the Carthusian monastery, we have people who are saying, uh, like, alerting other brothers to, um, yeah, it's really easy to see other people's faults. You'll see them first. Then you got to learn to see your own. Yeah. And um, I, I guess I guess the message is your priests don't have all the answers. Um, there is no... There is no perfect parish. There is no perfect community. There is no perfect diocese. Um, It's it's a bloody mess. Yeah. Um, But you can find in it real graces, real perfection, real um, real art, real beauty. um, If you have eyes to see. Um, If not, then you'll only see that nobody else is living up to your ideal, and. Uh, I, I don't know if you're going to find that community. Yeah. Um, you might be the abbess or abbot of that community, but nobody else wants to join. Yeah. Um, so if you can't be with the one you love, honey, love the one you're with. That's it. <laughs> we'll end with heresy. We'll end with that. <laughs> heresy? <laughs> well, I, I get the context, but that song refers to something much True. more. True. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a little spermata too low goo, okay, even in the stones, okay? <laughs> that is true. So That is true. All right, shout outs. Here we go. Great topic, by the way. I, I want you to smell that envelope. Yep, smell that envelope and uh, tell me what you get. Some sort of herb. A little herb, yeah. A little herb. We want to thank everybody from Purple Haze <laughs> for sending us some Colorado magic. I, I can't identify the herb, but it's definitely an herb. Uh, it is a combination of herbs. Okay. Here is the uh, shout-out. My name is Jeff Kuhnenkeel, and I'm a big fan of the podcast. I really, I recently started an online business selling South Indian spice blends uh-huh. and wanted to show my appreciation by sending you some. I have included recipes and cooking instructions, so making the food should be simple. Father Michael and I will try to cook together uh, so that it, uh, no, you'll what cook. is easy will become, you know, <laughs> delicious. I would appreciate if you could send a shout out to the Colchester Curry House, Colchester Curry House, www.colchestercurryhouse.com at the end of your next podcast. God bless Jeff. Jeff, I have no idea if you're a Catholic or if you even <laughs> listen to the podcast, because frankly, it just sounds like you sent us the curry spices so that we would give you a shout out. If so, you are wise as serpent and gentle as dove. Um, I went on. I went on vacation or education, whatever. Right. I was gone for the parish for three weeks. That spice packet sat in my mailbox for three weeks, um, and none of my none of my staff moved it, and they were like. Um, 
Could you please remove the the curry from the from the mail room? It's like been smelling. But uh, he sent us like fish curry, beef curry, um, bean curd curry. Um, so I father actually Father Mike Rapp likes to cook crazy stuff. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna cook some up this summer for Lord's Day. So thanks a lot, Jeff. Do you remember what the topic of the podcast was last time we we? Drank beer that someone sent us, brats that someone sent us. Yeah. We had an entire meal. Remember what the subject no, of the podcast cheese. was? And cheese. And cheese. No, it was it was when we were it was when we were um back you were at Cabrini. My, my place, yeah. And this podcast was gluttony. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so beautifully ironic. Anyway. Yeah. Well so thank you. I don't have any I mean, I didn't even want to bring the spices because honestly, I mean they are potent. <laughs> But uh, we'll strong spices immensely. mean that they're fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I look forward to it. Yeah. So thank you. I'll look forward to it too. Amen. Stay classy. Yeah. Stay classy. You got any, India, you got any shout outs? Uh, oh. I all right. Don't. So uh, I do need to give a shout out. Okay. Do you have one? Sorry. No. I got a big one. Okay. Go ahead. Shoot. Are we at an hour? I'm like freaking we're, out. We're at 40 minutes. Okay. So it's good. like the shortest ever. Okay. Good. Okay. Folks. Um. So when I was one of the persons that helped me to see authentic Christian community was a, a friend of mine from University of Illinois, Brian Herlocker. It sounds like Hurt Locker or Erlocker, <laughs> which is an but awesome it's name. Brian Herlocker. Um, this guy was a sober realist who had lived in Christian community, had experienced it for what it was. As good, but also containing like certain things that are that are difficult, but always directed me towards um, towards giving of myself back. You know, um, if you just say like, "Oh, there's no there's no community," there's like good luck finding it. Then at some point you're just like, "Well, then I'll stop giving." And he was just like, "No, there's something here. You need to give into this." And where he directed me was into uh, fraternal relationships because at the time I was looking for the ladies um, <laughs> or the lady, I should say. Um, and that's all I was obsessed with. Yeah. That's all I wanted. Um, and I was like, this is the highest community. And he's like, um, it is a community. Uh, dating is a community, but it's not marriage. Yeah. What you're living is not marriage, and it should not look like marriage because I looked like in college a whipped, not even husband. It was just like puppy dog, okay? <sighs> I would meet her at the physics building, and I would walk her back because that's just what I did. <laughs> and he was like, why didn't you show up to our cigar night? Mm. And I'm like, because I was walking back, my lady. <laughs> And he was like, you're pathetic, okay? <laughs> you need to live with both of those. Yeah. Um, and he really challenged me. He's the one that quoted the line. I was sharing with him, like, my desire for priesthood and my desire for making out. Sorry. Uh, I know this is scandalizing <laughs> some of you, but that's just what I do. Um, and I was, like, just pouring out my heart in spiritual direction. And he was smoking this uh, cigar or pipe. And he, he, like, turned after I finished. And he let off this big puff of smoke. And he said... These monkeys in your dreams, do they always wear diapers? What? Because he's like, he's like, nothing that you said <laughs> is like, is at all, like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have any meaning. Not logical. Yeah. Like yeah. all you're doing is complaining. Yeah. I'm not even hearing anything about your heart. 
Yeah. Like, and I'm not hearing anything about your experience and your desire for priesthood or whatever. You're just saying, like, of course you love making out. That's a sensual pleasure. What is it that you really want? Because what you're really saying is, I want, I want brothers, yeah. and I want, uh, I want priesthood, and uh, I was just afraid of that. Hmm. And he was the one that actually drugged me along, along with Father Nick Blaha, because I told Father Nick, I was like, hey, I don't. I don't think I'm going to go on the fishing trip this year because we just broke up and I really want to stay in Champagne this summer so I can work things out. And he was like, dude, you can be away from her for like two weeks. Yeah. Okay. And Father Brian, I mean, he saved me. Hmm. He saved me because he took me on that trip and it, and it gave me an authentic experience of uh, fraternity and community, prayer, and leisure. Amen. And if I didn't have that taste, I would have... I would have I would have given up. Yeah. And so so the reason why I say this is because he's got some friends that listen to the podcast and they don't believe that he knows me. Okay. Because he's like, no, 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 like Father Nathan's like a good friend of mine. Like I, he was my spiritual directee, and they're like, Yeah, he's never mentioned you, you know? Um, and uh, so I it's true. I have not mentioned him enough. There are plenty of themes that come from him that I haven't like attributed to him, but that was just rampant plagiarism. So, so, uh, so now he gets a second greatest shout out ever. One of them. Yeah. I mean, Blaha always gets, you know, oh, okay. I mean, Patrick J. Carter, third greatest shout Patrick Carter, Blaha, obviously the first. because I have a huge man crush on him. <laughs> um, and third, like, you know, her locker. I can't give shout outs to Nepple because like, you know, he's, you know, he's he just, gives shout outs. Yeah. I mean, like we're just together in this. Yeah. But the funny thing is, like, when I told Herlocker about John, he was like, tell me more about your priest, Father Nipple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That, I just couldn't help it. So, anyways. Um, yeah. Hey, man. All right. We haven't had a good uh, Rome versus Denver feud in a while. So dun, we're, dun, we're due dun. for it. Yeah. <laughs> They're coming back. By the time this podcast comes out, like, we, will be, right. we will be two ahead. And uh, they're going to be home in three weeks. We'll be one again. Aww. That's right. Yeah. It will be perfect community. Not. <laughs> it's always awesome. When they first get home, yeah. like, we're, it's like we're like kids eating all of our Halloween candy. Yeah. And then within like a week, it's like stomach ache. I, I don't want to see. I don't want to see another. <laughs> I don't want to see another baby Ruth. I don't want to see another like, you know, like, why does this guy do this? Uh. You know. We and got, I'm going to be living with Father John, so... And I'll be living with Father Mike Rapp, so it'll be an interesting uh, living together over the summer with the guys from Rome. But it'll be... Uh, the interesting thing is we should probably podcast at both those times. Like, we should podcast when they first get back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like, three oh, weeks. Oh, yeah, okay. So again. All the time, like, like, go to the mall, and we, like, share french fries, and it's awesome. <laughs> and then three weeks later, we're just like, I don't want to be podcasting yep. with right now. Yep. I don't feel like doing this. I'm drinking my bourbon, and that's the only thing happy about me right now. Yep. It could happen. <laughs> we'll see. Happen. Look forward to that. I'm going to tell John, just like uh, my sister has in her, um, in her whatever Hobby Lobby living room, always kiss me goodnight. That's what I'm going to tell him. Even if we're angry doesn't at matter each other, what happens during we are the day. not going to go to bed angry. But John knows, <laughs> Father John knows, that there are certain times that he goes to bed angry and I go to bed angry. 
And we cannot wait to listen to those podcasts. I speak for every podcast listener right now. We cannot wait to have the two of you back on again and listening to your uh, your yep. your incredibly non-forced banter that is amazing that we've all missed over the past couple of years. All right, folks. <laughs> Pray for us. Pray for us. We pray for you. We pray for you. Well, yeah, we need. To, I do, but I need to do that more. So, Catholic Sud- stuff sudden podcast. conviction. <laughs> Catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com. Catholic stuff podcast.org. Like us on Facebook. Look at us on iTunes. Post a good review if you would. And um, oh, yep. Okay, great. Yeah. God bless. Love you. Later's.